I'm going to go ahead and guess all three of us are sharing Dylan Raiola at number one. No. No. My bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And how much nope. whiskey did you put in that thing? I haven't even had that much yet. <laughs> 
We haven't heard anything else about that since. I mean, not that we've heard from Rule yeah, again, but we did hear from some other coaches since then, and we haven't heard anything. That, so. that is honestly the only reason why he's not higher on my list. Is well, yeah, I, I mean, the addition of him to be able to put him next to the other four guys that are projected to be on the offensive line with yeah. the experience that they have, too, and we can add another guy with the experience that Mazuka has. Like, yeah, absolutely. He... I'm kind of surprised that I didn't have him on my top five, but he just missed mine. I have him right outside of mine as well, even though I was giving you crap about it. Um, just simply because you just changed of, yours now. No, well, <laughs> kind of, but simply because I was on the, I was kind That's of a great pick between though. two guys. I think the the combination of what we've heard about him, but also we have so much coming back on yeah. the offensive line that I don't think his presence is as important as. Some of the other guys that are going to fill some some super not to mention needed roles for us. Some of the new guys that we've got coming in on offense as well. Yeah, it's it's not overly important because of the experience with the other four guys, but it is we very need a starter it, on the offensive line. It is very much appreciated. Oh hell yeah! Uh, if he if he comes in and he's a starter for the whole season, yeah. fuck yes, awesome. Yeah, and then I would if he starts every game all season long, I'd probably put him up there actually like number two, maybe even one. Yes, depending on how it is. Yes, but um. Yeah, he's he's right outside my top five. Jed, who's your number five? Uh, my number five is a guy that we uh, need. We needed a bigger guy at this position, and we need a guy that hopefully stays healthy. I'm going with the Oregon transfer, Dante Dowdell, uh, at running back. To be able to have a guy that's 6'2", 6'3", 220, 225-ish, whatever, um, we, we, need a, we need anybody that can be consistent on this for this offense, especially at running back, but uh, with him and his size, and I think that that's kind of the goal for a, the uh, that position for this coaching staff. I think he fits the way that this offense wants to run very well. Dowdell is my number six. Yeah, Dowdell is your number six. Yeah. See, I've got him. I actually have him in this list, but he's up a little bit for me. It makes sense. My my number five actually for me, and I think it's more of a hopeful number five. Is Isaiah Nair. Okay. I think the production that we saw from him at Wyoming, coupled with the fact that he was so sought after by Texas and had that opportunity to go in there, he won a starting job and then got hurt, unfortunately. If he can come back from injury, which it seems like they have no question about him doing that, if he can come back from injury, I think he will be as impactful as <laughs> as a Malachi Coleman here in year two for him. Um, and And... With the need for seniority and depth in the wide receiver room, he's a huge one for me that I couldn't leave off this list. He was on my initial list. Uh, I agree with everything that you said at the very end there, specifically with the need for seniority at the wide receiver position, and I will get there eventually with a different guy. <laughs> well, I think I think we all have him on our list yeah, yeah, at some I just... point. Uh, we, know, we know who we're talking about. But Matt, who's your number four? Uh, my number four, just sticking with the same offensive line theme, is Grant Bricks. Just because I think, especially as we see some injuries come up this year, he's going to get some playing time. The dude's a stud, and I think he's going to have a great career. So, let's get him started early. You thinking we're going to see much from him in this first season? I don't know if we'll see more than four games worth, but he will definitely be on the field. So. Okay, so before we move on, that's kind of a thing for me about this, is because when I was looking at my list, when I was thinking about it, we didn't really set ground rules for this. Nope. And so I guess for me, I was thinking more immediate impact, what we're going to see in year one. What's the most important, whether it be what, that they're just a depth guy, whether it be that they're going to be an impact starter up front. 
that can that can mean anything. But I'm thinking like microcosm 2024. That's that's what I'm thinking. But is, that's that's the good thing about having all three. You know, we all I think we all looked at it a little bit differently as far as absolutely. how we did our lists. Yeah. I know I'm going to have somebody, Matt and I kind of talked about this before we started recording, that I'm going to have a guy that isn't actually a player. I put a coach on here on this list. So Oh, shit. I didn't even think you know, about coaches. Again, I looked at it a little bit differently. Man, why are you going to go and fuck it up like that? Cause now <laughs> I'm, I'm not like, fucking it up. Now I'm, no, I no, 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 no. I mean, like, fuck it up my brain. No, I know. I just <laughs> You should have known that. You're already in my head. Do you stick with bricks then at four? Like, kind of thinking about, like, looking at it more? Is it is it a, why is it a depth thing? Is it a, I mean, he's going to push guys thing? I think he's going to push guys. For sure, he's going to push guys. He's massive. He's going to be a force in practice. Yeah. So even if he's not playing, his presence is going to be felt on that line. Yeah, because he's he's a guy that I, I really hope doesn't have to play much this first you think, season. You think he isn't going to cause some fits for our first-team defense if he's playing oh, second-team sure. offense? Or if nothing else, in practice, if he's busting his ass and some of these other experienced guys might be loafing around like a guy that you already talked about mm-hmm. that might have some issues. Yeah, He could uh, easily find himself maybe starting. Maybe all of a sudden it's like, well, we need to put this, we, you know, Rule has said it in the past. Make us not have you on the sidelines. Yeah. Like there's there's players last year force that us were to true, play you. Yeah. True freshman last year and got maybe starts he will. on the defense. Where you saw a guy like MJ Sherman who was in his third year coming out of Georgia that everybody thought for sure we mm-hmm. you know we had an MJ Sherman is he <laughs> the dude episode. Yeah, <laughs> you know not that he wasn't go- good at what he did Correct. last year, but he wasn't the dude. Nope. Uh, Prince Will and Cam Lenhart definitely were much more the dude at that position, and and Jamari Butler and there's well and Jamari Butler, but I'm specifically talking about true freshmen. Oh, there's okay. no reason that Grant Bricks can't come in and and absolutely put a the dude on the sidelines in, in favor of him. And Rule's not afraid of doing that if it's for the betterment of the team. Yep. He made the comment this week. I don't remember which interview it was in that he did. I think it might have been uh, with Chattel with the. Uh, Omaha World Herald. I didn't get a chance to read that, but but he made the comment. I think Matt, you sent it. Um, I don't remember if we shared it or not on our Twitter, but he made the comment that the urgency is now. Oh, they, yeah. They, what was good? What was good enough last year is not good enough this year. Yep. And they need to understand there's urgency this year that wasn't there last year. Yep. I loved hearing that. Whether or not it's lip service, whether or not he thinks it's what Nebraska fans want to hear, you're putting a target on your back at that point. Mm-hmm. You're no longer, hey, guys, this is my first year. I'm in the fishbowl, yes, but you're going to have to back off that we got sometimes from him last year. That, to me, said, bring it on. I expect the pressure, and I told my whole fucking team we should expect the pressure. Yep. And that's 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 part of why, I mean, my number four guy on this, I think is going to be a guy that absolutely we have to have, uh, is Stephon Thompson. The you've got my four, number four as well. <laughs> number four as well. He's the middle <laughs> linebacker coming out of Syracuse. Yep. Um, he's he was recruited by Tony White. He knows Tony White's system in and out. He spent two years playing in it. He started all of last year at Syracuse, still playing the same defense. Um, at he a position should, where we're losing two of our most experienced guys. Two two of our most experienced and most Productive. loud voices yep. on the defense. Yep. Uh, whether or not, you know we don't know anything about his leadership style or no. anything like that, but. Um, I think he's a plug-and-play dude that could be, you know, we'll see how the season shakes out, but he could be as important as number one on this list. Absolutely. <clears throat> but, yeah, I got him at number four as well. <laughs> what were your reasons? <laughs> All of it. That, we, we need him because of the, the uh, shallow middle linebacker position that we have. I mean, we have guys to be able to fill in. We've got uh, Javin Wright, John Bullock, all that stuff, and they played really well last year, but 
losing the depth and experience that we lost uh, from Reimer and Henrich is huge. And to be able to bring in a guy with not just playing experience, but also playing experience in this defense, like Stephon Thompson, is going to be freaking huge. Hey, if you're excited about our defense and Stephon Thompson coming in, and but everybody else coming back, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, share our show, tell everybody about us. We'd appreciate the support. We love you. Also in the comments, give us your top five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely drop your top five in the comments. Matt, number, number three. three. A uh, guy we haven't really talked about much, uh, Stephon Thompson. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that's funny. It was honestly, it was kind of a toss-up for me between him and Mario Buford. Just be, obviously, we're going to get more time out of Buford, and I was kind of looking more long-term. Sure. Um, same position. I think they're both going to do great things for our defense, but it's a, it's a position we needed this yeah. this year. Yeah, you're right. Big time position we needed this year. The other thing about him that I think is I don't know, it's more recently exciting because he is a more recent addition to this class. He wasn't a guy that anybody really had on their radar um, when he entered. Who, who the, is this again? Stephon Thompson. Okay. When he jumped in the transfer portal, it was late in the transfer portal process. Um, and when he jumped in, obviously everybody's ears perked up because we're oh we're losing middle linebackers. He's a Tony White guy. It was kind of an understood next step, but you know that wasn't like prior to him jumping in the transfer portal. I don't think anybody was even talking about anybody coming from Syracuse. Well, I mean, we weren't really talking about anybody as far as filling that position other than we kind of need somebody to fill that position. And yeah. then all of a sudden, yeah. this just fell in our laps. Yeah, I don't think we had any ideas of who it could be. In a perfect scenario somebody. of somebody that knows Tony White's system and everything else, I'm like, it, it was like gifted to us. You think it was really a fell in our laps, or do you think Tony White was kind of like, hey, bro, well, <laughs> coach well, is leaving. Let's, uh, let's take advantage of I this mean, here, kid. Technically speaking, that's collusion. Or t- tampering, I guess it would be. But I don't, I don't know. Who cares? Hey, Can you really say hey, where T- a gift hey, basket comes from? Hey, T. White, you you, uh, you think you could use me over there on that Nebraska defense I next mean, year? And, and face? the new Syracuse coach <laughs> and Matt Rule are really good friends. So, you know, whatever. I don't know how. You think Matt Rule calls like, I'm going to take one of your better players? <laughs> He's like, look, <laughs> I won't. to me. He says, look, I won't take Kyle McCord. You can have him. Yeah. Give me your linebacker. Maybe that was part of the trade. <laughs> yeah, Kyle basically, that, it happened that weekend. Kyle McCord was going to come here, and he's like, hey, how about you go to Syracuse? We don't need him anymore. And then Stephen Thompson can come here. <laughs> yeah. Not at all on the same side of the field, but maybe he just didn't want to play with Kyle McCord. Who knows? Yeah, who the fuck knows? <laughs> who you got at number three, Jed? Um, I'm going to go along with a wide receiver uh, needing that old guy depth and experience and uh, Jamal Banks. Jamal I mean, Banks. Pretty self-explanatory with the production that he's had over the last two years at Wake Forest. Uh, we we need that type of kind of a po- more of a possession type receiver, a big body possession type receiver, not a smaller guy like maybe an Isaiah Garcia Castaneda who's still going to be back, or a Billy Kemp who was much smaller last year. Um, having that big body possession, you know, middle of the field type receiver with Jamal Banks is just going to be absolutely huge for. Uh, really, whoever the quarterback's going to be, but of course we know who it's going to be. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I am going to go ahead and throw one out there that a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of question marks up in the air, but I really think that you can't understate um, what Carter Nelson's athleticism and and his just natural abilities, that seemingly natural abilities on a football field are. He, for me, was one that I I admittedly am like Matt a little bit looking forward, but I think that 
especially from a depth standpoint at a position in the tight end where they really want you to be able to be more than just a traditional tight end. And we saw Fedoni struggle at times last year, even though he's a fan favorite, even though a lot of people love him. We saw him struggle at times last year, mm-hmm. and it's not going. It's most likely not going to be his roommate connection throwing him the ball anymore. So there's not going to be that favoritism. And you start dropping the ball for Dylan Raiola, he's a dude that's going to look a different direction. And the connection that he has already made with Carter Nelson at some of these senior games and at some of these you know different practices and different get-togethers that these kids are having, um, I I truly think there's a good chance we see him in more than four games this season. Um, and I think he's going to be an impactful player right from the very get-go. If it if for nothing more than to make Fedoni figure out how to you know put some stick him on his hands and maybe be a little bit more of an athlete like we expect him to be, um, and just push those guys that are in front of him, but maybe not even have them in front of him anymore. Yeah, I, I think the tight end room is a little deeper than what some people want to give it credit for with uh, Borkacher and Lind- Lindemeyer there as well. Um, I still sort of think Carter Nelson. Those guys are more blocking tight ends, though. They're more traditional not, old school not, tight ends. Not really. I mean, those guys have caught a lot of passes, or at least go out for a lot of routes. I don't know. They don't really catch a whole lot of passes because they don't get thrown the ball typically. But I still kind of think Carter Nelson's a little bit more of a project than some people want to believe. But he he might be like a uh, Grant Bricks type, where what he does on the practice field might just make the coaches be like, we can't. Put him that's next true. to us. That's yep. true. So I'm I'm not saying that he's not going to play, or you know, that's not what I'm trying to get at. I'm more looking at it as sitting here right now as you know, dumbass that's doing the show. But I I still think what that are you talking about? You're an expert. Yeah, whatever. We're all experts. experts. <laughs> Don't you know this? Yeah. <laughs> but I I just think that uh, he he could crack that list, and maybe he'll just force his way onto the field. I like it, Matt. Number two. Uh, my number two, I'm kind of following a weird trend with Jed here. My number two was Jed's number three, and that's uh, Jamal Banks. Uh, Jamal Banks, for me, did literally everything that you said already, and we really needed a wide receiver with some experience, so yeah. I think he could kind of lead the room. Yep, I agree. Obviously. <laughs> and that, like, are you going to add anything else on there as far as he goes? I mean, I kind of already I mean, said yeah, that's what I'm We've already drooled at nauseum almost over his production in here. Yeah. The fact that that dude is, uh, he's he's my number two as well. Uh, okay. The fact that that dude is as athletically gifted as he is at his size, playing wide receiver, I think in the Big Ten, we're ahead of the curve when it comes to, well, not ahead of the curve, but we're at least joining the front of the pack of the curve when it comes to the big-bodied wide receivers that are also freak athletes. Yep, It's a necessity. It's what Ohio State's been doing for, it seems like, five years now. Um, and it's what the big boy wide receivers in the NFL are starting to look like. So I love to see the fact that we went out and added two more to a room that already had Malachi Coleman in it. He's a dude that I think instantly, especially when you hear about the stuff that he's doing as far as like the, the off-season contests and things like that, just being that you know upperclassman that can put Malachi Coleman under his wing and really be a mentor for him at that position specifically – a tremendous value there, not just for this year, but in something that you're going to see after he's gone in the growth of Malachi Coleman, I think. I agree. I think that's huge. Yep. And I'm going to go ahead and guess all three of us are sharing Dylan Riola at number one. No. I've got Dylan Riola at number two. Or no, oh, you're, I thought you just said you're number two. No. My bad. 
He said his number Who's two. your number two? Dylan Riola. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And how much nope. whiskey did you put in that thing? I haven't even had that much yet. <laughs> Have you said your number two? Or did you yeah, say his it? number two is my number okay, two. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we no, number two together. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'll just say when he when he tagged on saying that that was his number two. Okay. I was, really, like, my no, brain no, was you already going to laugh at he he and I number two together. Number two together. Nice. Okay. It's, a, it's an old school bathroom party. Danny will get that reference. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, we can kind of just go with my number two and your guys' number one and talk about the obvious elephant in the room with uh, Dylan Rayola. I mean, we we need to back fr- up, back up, back up. You said elephant in the room in the quarterback room. He kind of is the elephant. Yeah. He's a big motherfucker. He's a big dude for a quarterback. Like he's he's a thick boy, especially for a true freshman. And he's coming in what two inches shorter than than uh, Harburg, but he because he's listed what six three, but like two forty something like that. He's a big kid. Uh, but anyway, continue. No, I mean it's a, a lot of what we've talked about with Dylan Rayola has already been said. It. He's to a lot of Husker fans the second coming of Christ. Like he's <laughs> the prodigal son. Yeah. No, he, but yeah. from a realistic standpoint, the things that we expect him to be in, in his first season, I'm not expecting him to go out there and light up the world. I'm not expecting him to go out there and be this polished college level quarterback that's gonna be able to put us on the on his back and win a bunch of games. A lot know. of people are though, that's the thing. I'm going to expect he doesn't turn the ball over thirty times. That's gonna be my biggest thing. Go out there and be a game manager. Who doesn't make the big mistakes over yeah. and over again, and and be coachable and be willing to learn? I think I think that you've got Heinrich Harburg, the Carney kid, who's a fan favorite because he's a Carney kid, mm-hmm. and he's got the build to be something, um, but he just he he didn't have the skills. Whether that's you know for lack of early onset coaching, yeah. whatever it might be, you know, Rule still just praises him and puts his puts his stamp on him all that he possibly can. Talks about how he has room to grow. He has room to grow. I'm sure he wishes he got a hold of him when he was about 15 years old. But the truth of the matter is he didn't. He doesn't have the tools, and he's not nearly as polished as what Dylan Raiola is coming in as a true no. freshman. And it's going to be damn near impossible for him to get on the field without Dylan Raiola getting hurt. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, again, it's the obvious situation. I think when you're talking about players, you, you kind of just newcomers – you have to have Dylan Rayola as your number one player as far as a newcomer. My ultimate number one, though, is going to be his coach. Sure. And it's mainly because it's not just the Dylan Rayola factor. It's what can he do with a Heinrich Harburg? What can he do with the progress of a Danny Kalen? You know, we talked about it on previous shows that whether we like it or not, Harburg has to be a viable option. It doesn't mean that he's a viable option to start on a consistent basis or take over for Rayola, but if Rayola, you know, unfortunately has a small little injury, Heinrich Harburg has to be a viable option to come in for a little bit for a handful of plays. Or if he's out for a game, Heinrich Harburg has to be a viable option to be able to come in and start for that game. What Glenn Thomas does with that quarterback room as a whole is vitally important, not just for the future, obviously, but for this 2024 season, and that's why I have him number one uh, for newcomers coming into this season. Man, I I absolutely – so first of all, like I said, you kind of brain-melded me there for a minute because I didn't think about coaches at all. I loved his press conference. Yep. I loved his press conference, mostly because you could tell Rule kind of gave him that, hey, go out there and settle them a little bit on this whole, like, you and Satterfield thing. Because that was one of the first things he addressed was – 
Look, guys, we have a great working history. And, and again, they're friends. Like and, Satterfield well, yeah. and Thomas. Are- he, he, let, he let everybody know, guys, this is not just something that other people are saying. We're boys. We've worked together several yeah. stops in the past. We're boys. He's one of the reasons that I wanted to come work here in the first yeah. place. This is not just a rule thing. This is not a Nebraska thing. I wanted to come work alongside Satterfield. Yeah, he's not going to shit on his buddy. You know, I, I, I'm very excited about him being here. I'm very excited about us having a dedicated quarterbacks coach. Yep. I feel like it seems like anyway that Satterfield in the booth is going to be something that remains. Especially yeah, I, being I able to so, have the yeah. quarterbacks coach on the field, yeah, and be that buffer we talked about that disappeared. <laughs> yep. Do we have anything else on him? No. Anything else in your opinion, Matt? No, we number one together already. Yeah, just we, just we, real we. quickly again with the Glenn Thomas and Marcus Satterfield stuff. I've seen clips of other shows that they're continuing with that. I'm really glad that Glenn Thomas came out. It's it's one thing for Rule to come out and say Satterfield is will be calling plays and it's all that stuff. But also to have Glenn Thomas come out there because there are uh, still way too many people out there that are putting way too much pressure on Satterfield for this next year. That if he doesn't do this, he's gone. Like, and, well, and they'll just throw in Glenn Thomas and blah blah blah. It's like I got some news guys, for you. Jay. Just relax. It doesn't matter who's in there. There's gonna be way too many people putting way too much pressure on. I know, is in but I have to just say position. it out loud. So I I get it. I know even me saying it doesn't mean anything because people are still gonna fan, and that's fine. I'm not trying to tell Passionate people fan how to base. fan, but it's just it's totally okay. It 100. It's I'm, totally okay. Again, and you know what? You know when you when you look at the again, whole, I just have to say this out loud for my own sanity. But when you look at the Satterfield <laughs> situation and you look at what's p- potentially happening or what's what that shift is that you're seeing in college football right now where you have a guy like Chip Kelly leaving UCLA to go be an offensive coordinator, you have to start to think, you have to start to wonder as a fan at a university where it's, it's been shown this offseason. We've, we've shown it more probably this offseason than it's ever been shown before, the power that Nebraska wields when it comes to finances. Mm-hmm. And their, 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 their backing and their just overall resources as a, as a whole – for a program, if Satterfield's not working out, it's not going to be crazy for us to say, hey, this head coach over here, or, you know, you saw it last year when uh, the head coach of a, a successful head coach who had head coaching offers in the offseason from leaving Kent State decided to take the offensive coordinator spot at Colorado. Now, granted, he got demoted halfway through the season and that turned into a shit show. And now he's the head coach again. Now he's head coach again. Where again? <laughs> San Diego State. San Diego State. <laughs> Uh, Which took, is a great took, spot. For took him. Tony White's other job that he had an offer from, or was getting looks yeah. from. Um, you know, it's not going to be wild and crazy for us to go out and hire a big time coach if Satterfield shits the bed again next year. I also think the conversation that he had with the players about the pressures on, he has to have had that coach probably, or that conversation with his coaches probably tenfold. Which is again why in our previous show. We talked about how the pressure on Satterfield is more external and it is not internal because yeah. they are having these conversations yeah. and they're all good. He already knows like, what the expectation is for him. Exactly. And, and and I'm not I'm not I'm simply not talking about I'm not talking about a pressure from like a hey man I'm watching you. I I get that that's not going to be there. I don't. It's but, not pressure. It's urgency. But it's well, it's urgency. But I don't I don't back think to that quote. I I truly believe that this. Like Satterfield has to show improvement this year, or he's going to be gone maybe midseason. I still don't think he, this season. I think he has at least two more seasons. Yeah, I think to, a lot of that. Do, it's, but, a, it's still his first season playing his offense. Yeah. I really I don't know. We'll see. 
That's Hope, all we hopefully got. we don't have to worry about it. So <laughs> coming up on the next show, we're doing top five returning players. Yep. Or coaches, maybe. Hmm? And this may be the most unbelievable night in Cornester football history.